Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Sunday, December 18th, 2022, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Not Mind You podcast. This being episode 50 manga. I'm TJ, and I will be piloting solo today. And my girlfriend wanted to let y'all know that she did want to step up because she supports me. Uh, that being said, I will still be piloting solo uh, today in terms of manga. What do I have for you guys? First and foremost, spoiler alert, as always. Uh, I got Hajime no Ippo, Sakamoto Days, Jujutsu Kaisen, and our topic of the week this week, which will be the top five female characters. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hajime no Ippo by George Morikawa. This is chapter 1405, titled Textbook. Where do we leave off? Uh, Wally dug deep and was able to start launching a barrage at Ricardo from the corner. Quick summary. Essentially, can Wally make it back to the corner in the face of the champion's continued counterattack? Let me get into this quick review. Man, Ricardo is just at the level where he just has this subconscious competence. This man can't ever do a technique wrong. For a split second, it almost looked like uh, that panel of Wally's face reeling from the jab. It reminded me of a Mortal Kombat x-ray of his jaw being shattered. Then I realized it was just his hair. (laughs) You know... I mean, like, you know, someone's a whole problem when they can just coolly make a statement, even if it's an internal monologue, some along the lines of this, that mobility of his is what's most dangerous. I have to remove that. What? And then he does come to find out that was one of the punches that changed Date Eiji's life for the worse. Wally still has some sting left on his punches, though, as demonstrated by Ricardo's arm throbbing from the impact of that left uppercut, albeit thrown from an uh, awkward angle. Uh, thrown to the head. He blocked it, of course. Wally makes it back to the corner, but Coach Miguel looks worried. Are we finally going to see what the last ace is, right? Is Wally even in a position to be able to execute whatever last plan they have up their sleeve? What were the special conditions going into this match? Again, it was stated early on, but kind of forgotten. Again, that concludes my thoughts, though, on Hajime no Ippo. Let's transition over to Sakamoto Days by Yuto Suzuki. This is chapter number 100, 100, 100, titled Lightning Strikes. Where do we leave off? We finally got the scoop on the incident that changed Yotsumura's life forever. If I were to summarize it, it would be the following. This is it. We're at the final round of the old generation versus the new generation. Yotsumura versus Shishiba. Who's going to come out on top? Let me get into my review. First and foremost, I thought there would be more fanfare and pageantry going into the 100th chapter of the series. I guess not. No color pages, no anime announcement, but whatever. It's not like I've been asking about this damn near every episode. I'm not salty. I'm not, you know, it's, it's whatever, you know, 100 chapters, you think they'd, you know, make some fanfare about it, but they didn't, right? Throw some random color pages here and there for no reason. But, you know, on the 100th chapter where we've been like, yo, is Sakamoto getting an anime? Is Sakamoto getting an anime? They're like, no. Anyway, the opening cityscape at night, uh, that panel was just gorgeous. Yotsumura got framed for the murder of the old chief. I wonder if this event ended up being a nexus event for the JA, like if it's tied to the birth of Slur's group, if it's tied to, you know, Rion disappearing, so on and so forth, like Sakamoto's generation, so on and so forth. Um, that being said, humans in this universe are just built differently. Why are they able to cause this much destruction? Shit, they still haven't even really explained why Takamura is the way he is. And again, we get another instance of the mundane being juxtaposed with the insane. Those two homies at the front of the Rebirth Channel temple 
aren't even phased by the human body that just got thrown out of it. They're just like, oh, it's kind of scary. Let's go on to the next one. Like, all right. Shishiba still paid for two tickets. Bruh, we may be fighting assassins, but we are not going to cheat a mom and pop business out of their earnings. Shishiba 100% has more than one set of hammers on him. He's got to. Also, using the hammers to generate sparks to illuminate that dark hallway is kind of crazy. These dudes are fighting so hard and so fast, they're able to illuminate this dark corridor with the sparks that are flying from their clashes. They crash landed to the Kabuki Theater performance and immediately fight while also staying true to the play, being in step with the performers. That's crazy. That finger slice was gnarly. And by gnarly, I mean nasty. It got part of his hand, too. And also, what kind of calculating and eagle-eye shit is that where you can sacrifice your fingers and use the reflection of your falling hammer to pinpoint where your opponent is while at the same time delivering a killing blow and then to add on to that telling your former teacher that you're just so tired and exasperated trying to come up with a reason to end them that's wild to me shishiba's an interesting character for sure i don't think his expression even changed one time throughout this whole arc this chapter was wild as hell still a little salty about the anime announcement I don't think Yotsumura is out, though. He's got to reunite with Amane at least one time, right? I mean, Amane just regained good memories of his dad. It can't just end like this. Also, Yotsumura deserves justice. They did him dirty. And finally, where's my anime announcement? Anyway, you know, Slim Moto versus Kanaguri, Sheen and them, etc. We got to see what's up good with that, too. But that'll conclude my thoughts on Sakamoto days. Let's transition over to Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen... By Gagakutami, this is chapter number 207, titled Star and Oil Part 3. Where do we leave off? Guess who's back? Back again. Choso's back. Tell a friend. Summary. Choso has entered the battle once again, but now it's a tag team of him and Tsukumo versus Kenjaku. Can they pull it off? Let me get into this review. This chapter was wild. Um, Still a lot of violence. There's something about Jujutsu Kaisen and female characters where the female characters are just all about the smoke. Literally, we jump in right where we left off. Tsukumo, despite having one arm hanging on by Faith, Duct Tape, and Dorito Dust, threw Garuda at Kenjaku. That added weight is enough to anchor him in place while Choso fires off a point-blank piercing blood. In theory, that should have worked. Kenjaku pulled off a boxer look-away neck trick where it gives the illusion you got hit, but in reality, you turned your head at the last seconds of the lesson, if not nullify any perceived damage usually to be followed up by a counterattack, but this man just spinned the whole top off his head. Uh, had the same effect. And it's always creepy whenever you see the top of Kenjaku's head because you see that brain that's got a mouth and teeth. It's just... Mm. Like, think Krang, if you've never read or watched Jujutsu Kaisen, but, like, grosser and smaller. That being said, Tsukumo still might have the upper hand when it comes to pure hands. I mean, just pure taijutsu, Right. What, with her mass curse technique? And the fact that Kenjaku had to resort to literally spitting his top, right? Let them know that it's time to press on the attack. Shit, they basically jumped this man for two whole pages. Like, attack after attack after attack. Until she decided to use reverse curse technique to heal her arm, that little slip-up was all Kenjaku needed to recover. But, Garuda, right? Again, Tsukumo's curse technique is just another walking cheat code. That, plus, you know, her Shikigami Garuda is like, she does what she she could just do what she wants. Look at how much destruction she caused with one swing of a mass imbued Garuda. That was crazy. Like, it's like the destruction never stopped. Low key. 
that was a cold ass panel though when Kenjaku used gravity. That that put the brakes on a lot of shit that was moving, right? Yo, is it me or is this the second time we've seen Gadada act almost like a signal flare slash canary in the coal mine to let Sukumo know about Kenjaku's attack patterns and curse technique? Like she was able to figure out the six second uh pause in between attacks, right? And also the radius in which uh Kenjaku's curse technique, uh like what it affects. Oof. When Sukumo goes tunnel vision and only focuses on attacking. That reminded me of Hajime no Ibo back when Ibo was still the main character, but it reminded me of, you know, what happened leading up to his ultimate knockout and therefore retirement from boxing. He's like, I got to show, I got to do what coach told me, this, that, and the third, and then boom. This is the same, same vibes here. Sure enough, point blank, curse Rasengan, aka the Uzumaki, the mini Uzumaki to the torso. Shit. Um, bet money she's not out. Right, we've seen Kinji Hakari lose half his face mid battle, arms mid battle. She'll probably use reverse curse technique herself. Right. Um, that being said, it might be an uphill battle going forward because this was quite the miscalculation. And you know, Kenjaku stays thinking. And Kenjaku's been around for centuries, so the amount of battle experience this this being has accumulated, he might have seen everything. Like you know, uh, he was even able to give. Give Tengen the business, and in, in, in that uh, he anticipated that Tengen's plan would be as simple as it was, right? You already know I got questions about the calling game. Akutami is going to have to answer for that. What's good with the crew? Anyway, that's going to conclude the manga section. Um, side note, what can we expect next week, right? Off the top of the dome, we know that, uh, well, highlights for next week, we know that Super's coming back. And we know that we're going to get new Chainsaw Man. We should get a new... No, we're not going to get Kaiju until January 5th. Um, but next week should be pretty good. And it'll be interesting, too, what with the holidays. So just a heads up, we're probably going to drop a movie review for next Monday. And we'll have a bunch of chapters stacked up for the next full episode that we do. But just look forward to that. Now, transitioning over to the topic of the week, this was... What are the top five female characters in anime or manga? Now, this is my list. It's not definitive. There is definitely a lot of recency bias, and this can always evolve and change later on down the line. For me personally, my number one, if, you, if you've been listening to this podcast, you could probably take a guess. Zanin Maki. Recency bias be damned. Number two, also from Jujutsu Kaisen. Kugisaki Nobara, or Nobara Kugisaki. Yes, I know. Two from Jujutsu Kaisen. Next one, Miruko from My Hero. Hey, if you if you notice, the first three are all uh, female characters who are all about the smoke. Number four, Yoruichi from Bleach. Again, all about the smoke. Number five, this might be a little bit recency bias. It may not be, but Mereo Leona Vermilion from uh, Black Clover. If you know, you fucking know. She is all about the smoke like she even decided to not be like one of the higher level ranking uh soldiers in the military just so she could pursue training and just so she could get stronger she she wasn't satisfied with their level um <laughs> but yeah Medeo Leno, uh, leona my honorable mentions are going to be from full metal alchemist um major general armstrong meaning armstrong's older sister she was a problem and then of course izumi curtis uh, this will conclude this episode of the Neon Mind You podcast. I am, of course, TJ. This has been episode 50 manga. 
Uh, thank you as always for listening. Thank you as always for supporting and engaging. We appreciate it, of course. Uh, you can find the podcast distributed on pretty much all platforms. All you got to do is search for Now Mind You Podcast, four words, right? If you're trying to hit us up on any type of social media, just look for the word Now Mind You Pod. That's at N-O-W-M-I-N-D-Y-O-U-P-O-D. If you're looking for us on YouTube, we got a YouTube handle that's one word, Now Mind You Podcast. So everything, take the last handle, add cast to it, you'll find us. No, but we appreciate you all. Uh, please thank you or please thank you but thank you for sharing liking subscribing following spreading this all, all over the place sharing it with your friends uh so on and so forth thank you just can't thank you enough like we're we're pretty much at the holiday season end of the year and we've hit 50 episodes um matt has mentioned this before and i'll reiterate like this was an idea i had damn near a year ago uh it's been fun to see how far we've come with it and it'll be interesting to see how far we can take this but um, I appreciate you all. And uh, thank you so much. Right. You can find me on Instagram at Tusk4Skate. That's T-U-S-S number four underscore S-K-A-T-E. You can find Matt on all social media. Matt Hambrick. That's M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C. You can find Bryce on Instagram at Ashe Onsa. That's A-X-E underscore O-N-C-A. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you stick around, I'll catch you in the combat episode all right y'all happy holidays to you if you celebrate or don't if you don't celebrate i hope you have a good time uh see you next one see you on the next one right peace